Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm coming to you probably three pounds heavier this morning than last week. I don't know about yourself, but I watched JP's story and he talked about how not to be five pounds heavier after Thanksgiving, and I just don't know if I listened. <laughs> Sorry, JP. You know, we, we made this, we took our turkey and we set it in a brine for 24 hours and it was a great brine and it was all kinds of herbs or as some people say, herbs. I don't trust people that say that. Um, and we, you know, we set it in that, in that brine and we put it on the Traeger and smoked it for about, I don't know, three and a half hours at 275 and then pulled it off and made this Alabama white sauce. I'm preaching right here. We should collect offering right now. <laughs> made this Alabama white sauce and poured this Alabama white sauce over this turkey. And it was barbecue and turkey all at the same time. And I'm going to tell you what, I just went to heaven right then. It was so good. You know, normally I focus so much on meat. Every meal I'm thinking, what meat can I have? Sorry, all you vegetarians in the house. But normally that's what my focus is. But Thanksgiving is a special time where I'm just as excited about the sides as I am the meat. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Sweet potato, sweet potato casserole, right? Y'all can keep your stuffing and dressing. That's whatever. I don't think that's in heaven. And... I like, you know, green bean casserole. That's another great thing. Uh, you know, mac and cheese. Can you, have, can you have Thanksgiving without mac and cheese? No. There's only one right answer. No. <laughs> we have a little thing in the, well, it's really the, it originated in the Cochran household that I grew, you know, came to know as this uh, strawberry pretzel salad. And it is from heaven. Well, now that I've preached the sermon, we can just say amen and go eat some more leftovers. I don't know about you, but we've got plenty of leftovers from Thanksgiving. We're going to kick off a series this morning, and it's kind of apropos that what JP just sang about and what I'm talking about, and it's kind of nuts, but we're kicking off a series this morning called Do You See What I See? And this morning is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's hope which is interesting, considering what I'm going to talk about. We're going to get into it. If you had your Bibles, we're going to be in John 11, so you can go ahead and get your, get your finger there or your app there or whatever that looks like for you. And, um, you know, there's an old adage that we can't see the forest for the trees. Have you ever heard that? You can't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes I think that is true with our walk with Christ and, you know, have you ever walked through a season where you feel like God's silent? Right? I mean, and we go, man, God's, just, God's not saying anything. God's silent. Is he even here? It just feels like he's, anybody ever would even go far to feel like God's absent? Probably not. I'm not, you don't have to answer that out loud. But, you know, there's definitely those times where you feel that way. And, and we begin talking about this a little bit. And searching this out, and I can only find one place in Scripture where, where God really went silent, and it was those 400 years where there was no widespread revelation. And I think that word widespread is interesting, because the Lord was still showing up and speaking to certain people, but He was never completely silent. And so I, read a, I did a lot of reading over the last couple of weeks on silence. 
Anybody really good at being silent? Tanya's shaking her head, and that is an honest answer. <laughs> I'm with you, Tanya. <laughs> I, it's, it's weird. Silence, I mean, do we practice it? I mean, what time, when are we ever silent? Asleep. <laughs> the introverts in the room are like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an odd thing, silence. And I've been reading a lot about silence, and... Uh, like early in church history, and you see even like, you know, monasteries and things like that, these these people, they still practice, and it is something that they hold dear to, silence. And I came across this article that it was a type of interview with Mother Teresa, and she just, she she talked about how silence was probably one of her most pre- precious things, moments disciplines she had with the Lord. And I went, well, that's challenging. You know, I don't know about you, but time with the Lord looks like, you know, reading and you're like, okay, Lord, speak to me. And you're, you're growing and you're growing in knowledge and growing in wisdom and you get revelation from the Lord and all those things are good or you're worshiping the God. It's like, I'm just, or I'm just praying about things, issues that are on my heart. But rarely is it ever I just sit before the Lord for an extended amount of time and just quiet my soul, quiet my mind, and just listen. Not bringing petitions to the Lord, but just listen. Anybody with me? Are you all good at that? Because if you are, I want to come and sit with you and be discipled with you for the next decade. Because it's something that I look at in my walk and go, man, I'm not good here. And I think these times, I'm going to propose this. I think these times where we, where we um, feel God being silent are actually an invitation to join him in silence. It's not that he's necessarily silent as much as it's an invitation to join him in this place because it was from that place that he created. Go to Genesis 1. Before, there was nothing, silence. And it was from that place that he actually advanced. Interesting, huh? Maybe creative liberty there, but we'll go with it. I don't think it's heretical. Hope not. We'll we'll find out later. So, <laughs> direct those emails to alex at eastsidechurch.tv. <laughs> but what I do see is people in Scripture finding this, like running up against this thing of, God, where are you at? I, I see it. And John 11 is a, is a, is a great place. And I think for me, I'm going to tell you right now, for me in this current moment, present moment, I relate right here. And let's read. Verse 1, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Father, I just ask for revelation this morning. I pray, Lord, that our faith will be able to explore the revelation of your goodness this morning. And so I pray that you would speak clearly to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus finds out Lazarus is sick, and he stayed two more days. Anyone relate? Anyone felt those two days? God, where are you? I'm praying. I'm pursuing. I'm doing all the things I know how to do, but where are you? My trust, my faith is weak. Where are you? You think Mary, Martha thought that way? Yeah, because we read on and <laughs> Jesus stays where he was for two days and he goes and I'm going to kind of go through this. but He, he ends back up there and, and, and I think it's, let's see, let's read this right here. Verse 17, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. You think Mary was, might have been a little peeved sitting in the house? I'm not going to see Jesus. Where, where was he? Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> I don't want to like over-spiritualize this thing and try to pull the reality out of this. Has anybody ever felt that, Lord? If We've all felt it. Some of us still feel it. Some of us are feeling it right now. I don't know about you. 2020 was hard, but 2021 has been brutal. <laughs> A lot of hard. And I'm like, Lord, can we get a break? And I don't know really who I identify with, with Mary or Martha. I feel like both. <laughs> you feel like both at times where you're like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm still coming. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. But God, where are you at? And I, I love, I, I love, I, I love what Jesus tells his disciples in first four. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. It's not over, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so when we sing these things about in the crushing and in the pressing, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard thing we're saying. Does any of you get a little uncomfortable saying it? <laughs> like, ee, I don't know how much more I can be pressed. I know it. I know it's there. I don't know how much more I'm willing. 
to be pressed. Just being honest. I mean, can I be really vulnerable with you guys this morning? Just being honest. I know it's unto the glory of God, and so you, you keep <laughs> presenting yourself, but sometimes it doesn't feel like a, a real whole vessel. You feel like you're like, okay, this is a cracked vessel under a hydraulic press. Just keep smashing. You know how, you know how wine's made. I mean, they, they, they crush these grapes. I was thinking about this, and there's an infamous T-shirt running around here at Eastside Church with a butterfly on it, and the men really loved. I took creative liberties on something, and that was a swing and a miss. (laughs) Next year, JP's designing the T-shirt. But I'm thinking about this process of metamorphosis. And I think it's incredibly prophetic for who we are as a church. You see, a caterpillar doesn't stay a caterpillar. But it has to go through a dark, alone time. A season where it's dark, where it's alone, where it's silent. Anybody resonate with that? See, a caterpillar is not meant for just its, its reality that it's in. It's actually meant for another reality. So meaning, you know, it, it crawls, right? But its destiny is that it would fly. If you don't go through the cocoon and the, and the process of metamorphosis, we will not reach our destiny. which makes it easier to go to Jesus and go, Lord, if you'd have been here, (laughs) because I'm I'm beginning to understand a part of me is, and we're going to continue to understand that. But man, it's really hard when you're you're sitting there signing divorce papers. Right? It's really hard when you're sitting there and you lost your job. Really hard when... You lose a kid. It's really hard when miscarriages happen. It's really hard when you lose a loved one to a sickness. It's really hard when you find out you have a sickness. But I propose to you it's a cocoon. It's a part of something that's going to get us to our destiny. And if you open that cocoon too soon, the butterfly die. There's certain places throughout the process of a transform of a metamorphosis, <laughs> right towards the end, when it's almost developed. If you open that cocoon, the blood vessels wouldn't have gotten to the wings, so it would being part of its destiny, but not its full destiny. So I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I've trusted your goodness. I've tasted it. I need you to renew my strength. Anybody relate? 
I feel this on a deep, deep level this morning. So sorry for um, you are you are you are a, a privileged group. You, I have seen me cry. <laughs> Bethany has seen that happen less than these ten fingers in ten years. I can't, I can't get past this, guys. I can't, I can't get past it, because I believe we as a church are in the process of a of a cocoon, but we're close. We're close to the metamorphosis being. A metamorphosis, and you think about this, the word metamorphosis is actually found in, in Romans 12 when it says, be transformed. And that literally means it is a prototype. It is a thing that has never been before. And so when we say, behold, the Lord does a new thing, and we quote that scripture, and it's great, it's not in linear to what he's already done. It's a completely new thing. And so we as a church, Eastside Church, think about, think about anybody seen like, you know, a, a space shuttle with the boosters on the side and it like lifts off, right? And it's got jet fuel on the sides. But when it breaks through the atmosphere, those boosters fall off, right? And there's things that the Lord is telling us that we need to let go. It's a transformation. It's a new thing. And I feel it deep. Do you see what I see? I don't want to get stuck not being able to see the forest for the trees. I don't want to be able to, I want to, I want to have vision to see what God's doing. Give me, give me sight to see God. I don't want to just get caught up in what I, what, what's right in front of me, because that's a distraction, right? Y'all following me? Here's the beautiful part of the, of the story. You know, we know Jesus in verse 23 says, oh, verse 22, Martha says this, but even now I know that, that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Bethany was telling me a story yesterday of a pastor and he was a business owner and times were hard and they were having to file bankruptcy and part of a church and it was a whole financial thing and and he sits down with the board and he's like, this is what we're going to have to do and the board says, don't do it. Don't file bankruptcy. And he's like, I don't, I, creditors, are, we, we've got to. There's no other choice. And the board says, don't do it. Can you have faith for three months, six months? Have faith for six months. And he's like, no, I don't have faith for that. And the board says, we do. Can you lean on our faith? Church, <laughs> there's times where if you've walked through it or you haven't walked through it, you will walk through it to where your faith might not be able to carry you through, but the people you're around are really important because you kind of sometimes have to lean on their faith. Really important. That's what Martha said. 
I don't have faith for this, Lord, but I know whatever you ask, God will give you. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise, rise again. Martha said to him in verse 24, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Silence is a funny thing. And I'm just about done. And we're going we're gonna to practice silence for a few minutes. Because one of the things in praying for this, I just feel like there's going to be about three minutes. We're just going to sit quiet, and hopefully the air conditioning units don't kick on. Scare us. We'll be about three minutes just sitting. And take, take, a few, take these few minutes and just quiet your soul. I practiced this over the last couple of days in a deer stand. You know how hard it is to quiet your soul when you're looking for a big buck? You can't. I can't. I have to. I, I can't be doing anything and try to quiet myself. I have to sit alone and be quiet and silent my heart. Silent my soul. That's why David would pray, I sit here and wait on you. Be still, my soul. Be still, my heart. The bow is this morning, I am the resurrection. And the life. And there's hope. There's hope this morning. No matter where you are, there's hope. Even if it's the size of a mustard seed, I have faith. And sometimes that's about as much as I can muster in some seasons. Amen? So let's sit for a few minutes in the silence.
Thank you, Father, for being with us this morning. Thank you for moments of being able to just sit with you and be reminded that it's not words, but it's your presence. We adore you this morning, Father. What an incredible reminder before we go into possibly the busiest season of our year to take time and just sit with him. And I believe, you know, as a mom, it's hard. It's really hard. And I can't imagine mamas with young kids. But what I've learned in the few years that I've been doing this is that if we ask him, he'll show us the time. So, Father, this morning I ask that you seal in our hearts what you've done, what you've spoken. God, may we not walk through this holiday season like we do so much. Lord, it's just the norm. It's what we do. It's routine. It's, it's busy. It's all the things that still at the end of the day leave our heart restless. God, there's so much in the story of what you did and the gift that you gave for us to unwrap this year. And I pray that we purpose in our hearts to be taught and to learn and to have revelation in those places. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, in just a minute, we're going to dismiss you guys, and we're going to have prayer partners um, on the sides. If you guys want to go ahead and, and go over there, that would be great. But I would encourage you, I don't know where you are in your process, but one thing that Michael said that I love is that God gives us community that oftentimes stands in faith for us when we don't think that we can. And so I would encourage you, take advantage of that wherever you are in your process. If there's a need, take advantage of those people that can hold your hand and say, hey, I'm going to believe. I'm going to step in and I'm going to have faith for you. Amen. Amen. Real quick, before we dismiss, I just have a couple things happening this week that we don't want you guys to miss out on. The first quick reminder is this next Sunday, so a week from today, we're going to be collecting all of the gifts that you guys have so generously gone out and purchased for the day of giving. And if you would just make sure that next Sunday, those get turned in right back there, that would help us. And we're going to take them all over to West Stanley Christian Ministries to bless some families this year. So we have that going on. The second thing is this Thursday. Everybody say this Thursday. This Thursday, we have our next and last for the year, Ladies Influencer Her, right here at 630. Warm and cozy is the theme. You're not going to freeze by the fire this time. It's warm and cozy. It'll be great. I encourage you. It's a great time, ladies, to just fellowship, continue to pour in and build relationships. And then the third is this Friday night. We have something for all families. We are doing a family movie night right here. I had someone ask me, is it going to be outside? No, <laughs> it's not a front lawn movie night. It's right here in the sanctuary, and it is a great family movie. We're going to have consistent 
concessions, popcorn, hot chocolate, all the fun stuff. What a great family night. So I encourage you, bring your kiddos, your grandkids, and come and join us for that. We also have three, um, several actually, different ways that you can give this morning before you leave or throughout the week. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. We love you guys. We are excited to do life with you this week. Have a fantastic week.